I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How you day? How you day? Today's episode is going to be the first part of two episodes. We are talking to a very, very special young lady who is doing amazing things in the developmental world. And we're going to be grappling with many things that I feel affect a lot of us that we don't get to talk about in, in, in the larger you know, hemisphere of media or just in the world. So we'll be talking about what it means to be a third culture kid, have multiple identities, and how that plays into the way we see the world. Today's guest, as you find out, is well-traveled, but also had many, many lifetimes before she was an adult. So I hope you enjoy the narrative style of the podcast. I will be going in and out of the episode to explain some concepts and to also elaborate on my thoughts and certain things that she said. Okay, here we go. Bonjour à tous. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guest is one of my good friends, her name is Fleur Marico. She is a third culture kid, a humanist and an empath, a professional of Belgian Senegalese citizenship. We're gonna talk about that. She overwent the majority of her formative years in Niger and went on to pursue a bachelor in sociology in Brussels and a master's in Monaco. During her studies, Fleur rapidly developed an interest for youth leadership as well as North-South relationships. We're gonna definitely dive into that. There are many things we'll be diving into with terminology today. Uh, and she has become involved in youth associations such as AIE, SEC, and the African, Caribbean, and Pacific Youth Professionals Network, as well as someone who has worked with Belgian development organizations, UNFAO, Swiss leading child relief organizations, Terre des Hommes, Lausanne. And she's passionate about community capacity development and driven by our impact to increase our ability to connect effectively across cultures, which is my favorite thing in the world. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Daniel. Wow, 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 wow. wow. So I don't know if we should do this interview in French or if you do it in English. So we can mix, we can mix. Oh, we can mix some fun. <laughs> but for, for those for those that don't know, Flora and I, we met we met on Instagram, right? That was that was how we met. Yeah. I mean, you met me on Instagram. I met you on uh, the show. <laughs> right. I was, uh, yeah. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I was on a show called The African Millennials. And it was, it was basically a bunch of Africans in diaspora talking about uh, topics that relate to us as millennials. And I guess you were watching me in Belgium? Uh, I was or in Switzerland. Switzerland at the time. Switzerland at the time. Oh. And um, yeah, and then we, we started uh, connecting. And one of the things that we found that we had in common was the fact that we're both third culture kids. Now, for those listening, third culture kids refers to 
anyone that spent the formative lives, you know, formative periods of their lives outside of their parents' cultures. You know, so for me, five countries, four continents. Um, you know, Fleurs is, is of uh, is of Senegalese and Belgian descent. She lives in in, in Switzerland uh, for the most part when she's not traveling all over the world. But I'll let you tell the story. How did you grow up? How did I grow up? So I was born in Senegal. Um, I should also talk about my parents because everything is linked to the the, the parents. Mm. Um, so my mom um, is also mixed. Her dad was uh, from Benin, Benin. He was Beninese, and her mom is Cambodian, Cambodian Senegalese. Um, my dad is Belgian. He's from Flanders, and um, so I was born in Senegal. My dad lived in uh, in Gabon, Gabon, Gabon. I don't know how to say it in English. Um, so I immediately moved to 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 Gabon. My sister was born there. And then uh, we moved back with my mom to Senegal because my dad moved to um, the Central Republic of Africa, uh, which was not the most child-friendly country. Um, so we, we, we spent a few years in Senegal and then my dad moved to, um, to Niger uh, in 1998. And that's where I've, 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 yeah, I've lived for yeah, 11 years. So... I grew up in Niger, in the capital city of Niamey. Um, and um, yeah, obviously, when you live in West Africa, you travel a lot as well. So um, yeah, we traveled a lot. And also, we, 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 every summer, we went to Belgium to see my, the, the, the side of my dad's family. Um, so that's why when I when I finished high school, I decided that I wanted to, you know, to get to know my dad's culture, his his language, because I, I just had the passport, but I didn't know what it meant. You know, I didn't have any affinities with the culture, with, you know, with the issues. Um, you know, I couldn't really relate to any other Belgian uh, students that were at school. I went to a French school, so I had more affinities with the French culture. Um, but um I decided to go to Belgium to learn the language, uh, but eventually I, I studied in Brussels <laughs> because wow. it's more, um, you know, cosmopolitan, multicultural. I felt more at home, but I did study in, in, in Flemish. Um, my parents kept on moving a lot uh, in Africa, so I was every year I was always, you know, between between Africa and and, and Belgium. I want to pause you to really elaborate on what a third culture kid is. Many times you're going to hear the term third culture kid, maybe from me throughout my podcast or maybe from her, but a third culture kid or a TCK is any child or person who has spent a considerable part of their lives, or, you know, their developmental lives outside of their parents' cultures. And as you can see, she was constantly moving due to her parents' jobs. And during the formative periods of her lives, you can see that she constantly was shifting uh, to to different environments, and a lot of that obviously leads to what you call code switching, where you you know you act a certain way in different environments so you can fit in. The term was initially introduced by Ruth Hill Seam, and it really came to consciousness because she was studying uh, mobility and mobility of parents, especially kids of diplomats, government officials, military, or anyone whose profession involves people spending a lot of time outside of their their parents' cultures or their natural cultures. So 
As you can see, anyone listening to the podcast, some of you might know a third culture kid. Some of you might identify as a third culture kid. I hope as you're reflecting on these experiences, you understand how identity plays a big role into how we see the world. Now, some of you might know TCK, some of you might be TCKs, but don't underestimate this early parts of your life because they often lead to clues as to why you want to do what you want to do or why you have a certain drive or passion for, for things that uh, you have today. Now, Fleur is someone who identifies as a Matisse, so she's of mixed uh, heritage, and she's got several cultures going on. Her mom is also mixed, and that played a role into how she saw herself and how she saw the world, essentially. I think there's one element that is important is the fact that my mom is mixed herself, and her own mom is mixed as well. Um, because when, you know, I growing up, I had a lot of questions <laughs> about everything, about <laughs> the societies I grew up in. You know, I grew up in a, in a Muslim society, um, in, a, in, a, in the expat bubble. But at the same time, my mom, um, uh, you know, she, she, she did a lot for my sister and I to also see Africa the way she sees Africa and not the way expats see Africa. So, um, hmm. I, I guess, I guess, you know, as a, as a mixed, as a mixed person, the identity crisis is actually something that is ongoing, <laughs> if, if it makes sense, because you're, you're, um, in, in my case, I, I don't only have Senegalese and Belgian, you know, um, origins. I also have the Beninese one because my mom grew up in Benin, um, when I go home, like my, my mom speaks, um, she speaks Mina, which is uh, one of the dialects. She she also speaks for Wolof. When I go to Senegal, I also hear Vietnamese and Cambodian because my, my grandmother and great-grandmother uh, still speak the language together. Um, and um, and then obviously we have French at home and, and, and a bit of Flemish with my dad. So um, it's, you know, there... There are many, many things, but um, I know that I, my mom was my main, you know, um, the main person I went to when I had questions, uh, you know, trying to understand why are we here? Why, why, you know, I, my mom would say better than me, but um, questions like, you know, you see the difference between, between your own family and, and, and others, fam you know, others, your, your, your friends, families, the way they, you know, the way they talk about the locals, um, the way they talk about their own country back in Europe or, or in America or, or whatever. And I know I had a lot of questions. Um, I knew from a very, very young age, actually, when I moved, I think it was clear for me when I moved to Niger because I left home, my first home, which was in Senegal, um, I knew I was very different from everyone. I, 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 there was absolutely no one I could relate to, no one who was that mixed, no one who, um, who, yeah, who was that mixed, actually. No one who was actually growing up outside um, of their parents' um, culture. There were, there were, but the 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 there were so many 
experiences and 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 groups that it was difficult to to relate uh, you had the expats um the french the belgians the 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 germans uh that would always be together you know so for my sister and i i, I think that we knew from the start that we were re- we were very different so we 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 were always together we kind of grew up like twins and now i understand why it was because there was no one else really to relate um i had all types of friends european african mixed but um it wasn't always easy you know to i was never in one group i was always a bit you know in between um but um i guess <laughs> maybe there was a crisis when uh, you know it's the like crise d'adolescence when you when you become a teenager when all the questions you have growing up become way more um you know present in your mind if i can say it like that uh, especially when you're thinking about okay what's next what am i going what am i going to do after i graduate high school where am i going why you know? uh, what do i want to study why another thing that you find common with a lot of tck's is the idea of understanding and grasping different languages languages as a form to fit in as a means to follow the curiosities here's how fleur understood different languages how many languages do you speak fleur <laughs> every time people ask me that question and i'm like not that many <laughs> uh, i speak french fluently i speak french english dutch uh spanish my spanish is pretty okay i just need to practice it a lot and then i understand many languages even if i don't really speak them portuguese italian and a few dialects uh wolof um mina a little bit and uh yeah it comes back when i go to the country but i cannot really say that I, that i speak yeah wow wait so that's like for Oh, maybe yeah. like four and three quarters yes. <laughs> or five and seven fifths, seven eighths. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so interesting because as as a third culture kid, a TCK, one of the things some people, not all TCKs, but a lot of TCKs pick up is, is language nuance. Has language helped you connect? And how did you Absolutely. even learn these languages? Language is 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 culture. You understand the culture through the language and vice versa. Um, so French, uh, French, French, French is because, uh, my parents speak French together. So it's a, lang- it's a language you speak at home. And I also went to French school until high school. Um, so English, English was, um, yeah. Um, basically we had, um, the DSTV, the DSTV cable, uh, at home, you know, it's a South African cable. Um, because my dad wanted to give us a, 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 another language, uh, besides French, because we were already in a very French environment and TV was also in French and he wanted us to speak another language. And he actually missed out on Flemish, <laughs> uh, because he didn't really teach us Flemish. Um, so my sister and I, we, you know, we speak a mix of French and English together because we, we watch TV um in english and um and i love languages so i always make an effort to you know to study and to to speak more um spanish is also from school 
Uh, and since I did um, my studies around literature, I, I had more classes than the others. And so I have a good foundation. And um, then Dutch, I learned Dutch uh, you know, when I moved to Belgium because I wanted to, you know, to speak that language as my dad is Flemish. And, uh, and also because as a Belgian citizen, it's important to speak at least both languages. Well, German, I don't speak it, but it's, you know, it's the same family. But right. um, it's important to have both languages because you have more you know, work opportunities and it goes even further than that. It, it gives you an understanding and it opens you, it opens you know, different doors to understand your own country. Because, you know, in Belgium, we have this, uh, this uh, mini war between the Francophones and the, and the, and the Flemish speaking. Um, and, and for me, speaking both languages, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge strength. Officially, they say in, in, in Belgium, the three languages are Dutch, French and German. Officially? Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. No, it's true. It's true because now at school and it's been it's 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 a it's a law I think that was adopted I don't know how many years ago yeah. um, that the language that is going to be taught in school in Flanders is going to be Dutch so that there's um, a, a coherence with our neighbors in uh, in the Netherlands. Gotcha. In gotcha. you know in reality people actually speak Flemish because you have so many dialects in the different regions, but um yeah so that's how I learned and then yeah the other dialects were are linked to you know, my my mother who speaks uh, Nina and Wolof and um, I actually when I was when I used to live in Senegal before I was five years old I actually spoke Wolof fluently and uh, I could even sing the the national anthem and I could sing uh, I could dance um, there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The, 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 the national dance and everything, but I, I forgot everything. But it's in your brains. Like every, 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 every time I go back, it comes back. But um, yeah, I mean, for me now, like speaking, because I speak Dutch, I actually don't speak Flemish because I learned Dutch. Speaking Dutch, um, well, it's a new, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, I, I mostly speak Latin languages and Dutch is a new family. And it's, it's, a, it's a different way of, of seeing the world. It's, um, you know, even in, in the way you, 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 the expressions that exist, the, the words, the, 
the sounds, it's, it's a different lens to the world. And I love that because it, it's so rich, you know, and, and when you are able to have different, to speak different languages and to have different perspective on the same issue, <laughs> one issue, it's, I mean, I love that. I, I love being able to, to, to have that. Um, and it, it allows me also to relate to, to different types of people. I, when I went to, to, to Monaco, for example, I related easily with the Scandinavians because, you know, the work ethic was, their work ethic was similar to the Flemish one. And um, obviously I also related uh, to the French because we speak the same language. Um, but because I, you know, I went to, to university in this culture, it was very surprising to me. I, I did not expect that. Well, I, it was easier for me to, to study with the, with the Germans or the Scandinavians or, you know, the north <laughs> of Europe. Language is much more than words, it's much more than complex pronunciations, it's much more than grammar. It actually is a tool for connection. And as you heard, Fleur used that as a way to connect. And in many instances, it was a way to really bond with people that didn't necessarily look like her, but they were able to speak the same language. So don't underestimate the power of using language as a connection tool. I know a lot of listeners are interested in making an impact in the world and changing the world from a global perspective. So think about different ways that you can pay attention to the little things like language to understand how to grow. Another aspect of TCKs is this longing for home, right? Not every TCK has this. My personal um, definition of home is, is that it's a fluid concept. I identify as Nigerian and I grew up in five countries and four continents, but home is usually where I am. Essentially, I, I, I find that I've been able to adapt quickly because I moved around so much. Other TCKs might have different experiences. The fact that they move around so much could make them want to find a stable environment. And a funny thing happened with Flair. She was searching for whatever home meant for her. She found parallels with her career and a lot of her past experiences with identity. It's interesting how that happens. On your search for home, you find purpose. The easiest choice would have been to go to France because I studied literature, uh, French literature, and, and, you know, I had good grades, but I was like, well, France is not my country. Uh, so what do we do? Okay, I go to Belgium, but, um, well, I, I need help, you know. Uh, I'm going to go there. I, have, I don't really have family there, so what do I do? So a lot of questions again. <laughs> okay. uh, and then uh, I guess it, it became really, really tough when I moved to Belgium because I, I have the passport. Uh, you know, on paper, I'm Belgian and there's nothing wrong. The, the only thing was the fact that, you know, at some point they almost, um, I, I almost couldn't uh, pass my exams because they realized that I had, I, 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 I got my diploma in, in, a, in an African country. So they were like, oh, actually, your diploma is African, so you cannot study here. And I was like, you just have to read. It's a, it's a French baccalauréat from Niger. That was the only little 
thing that I had to go through, but it was a very, very tough period because I was a stranger in my own country, uh, in my country of citizenship. <laughs> um, so I had a lot to learn. I had to learn the culture through the language, the language through the culture, studying sociology as well. You know, you need to understand the society you live in to be able to understand the courses you follow. Um, it was very intense. Um, I obviously I always related uh, to the international students, but my we had different lives, you know? Uh, we had completely different lives. Uh, in Belgium, in, there's this, and it's, it's everywhere the same. You study during the week, and then usually students, because they're from there, they go back home, you know. Uh, they go to their village or, or their city in the weekends. And you, you don't, it's not the same for you. So you stay here during the weekend. Uh, for me, it was a lot of studying because I had to catch up, you know, on the language. Dutch is not an easy language. <laughs> um <laughs> And I guess I had the crisis at some point where I was like, okay, I've done everything I could. I, I, I'm going to get my diploma. Um, I don't feel like I'm fitting in the society. Uh, even the ideas I have at, 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 uh, you know, in class, um, it's not diverse enough. I cannot even, I cannot even discuss what I want to discuss with professors, with uh, my peers, I can't. So that's how I decided that I want to. I wanted to go to an international university, um, and um, and I did that, and everything changed for me. Um, then uh, yeah, I went to to do my masters in an international university, you know, to <laughs> to be more into this. Um, this environment where I feel most comfortable. Um, yeah, then I went went back to to Senegal for a while because I I had always wanted to go back actually to West Africa. This was the dream in my family. With my sister, we thought, okay, um, we go to Europe, we study, and then we go back because this is home. But then you know life happens, and um, you know when you travel so much, you have this itch to always. Um, discover other cultures and and so I, I ended up in Switzerland I've been li living here for almost a year and a half uh, and I'm working here um, in the development and humanitarian sector um, so as you as you introduced me in, uh, in the beginning I, I work for the Swiss leading child relief organization so I've, I've worked for um, the the program that is protecting children and young migrants uh, worldwide, um, which was actually very enriching for me because all the topics that 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 we are going to to talk about um, are all linked to migration, identity, inclusion, integration, um, diversity. Mm. Uh, you know. Um, I learned a lot, and since it's 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 a it's a child protection organization, um, I really like the approach, which is very um, very inclusive. And as a, as a young person as well, I very quickly um, I felt 
directly very empowered to, you know, to lead projects and to have a say in everything we did um, while being, you know, um, seen for who I was, for, mm-hmm. for all, all the different, you know, things that I could bring based on, on who, I, who I am, where I've been, uh, the voice I have as a young person, the fact that I'm a millennial, the fact that I use social media, <laughs> um, the fact that I understand the youth, um, um, the fact that I have a way of seeing the world that is, that is, that is quite complex and nuanced, you know? Um, so yeah, there are so many things I can say about that. <laughs> Everything changed for her. It is so interesting many times when we we come across institutions or we find ourselves in institutions where we are supposed to feel at home. We're supposed to find our tribe and we feel alienated. You know, whether it's you being a hidden immigrant in your own country or whether it's a school where you think people are going to think similarly and you find out that they're alienating you or they're not providing what you need. That impetus is usually a clue for you to find somewhere that really accepts you for who you are or to create the platform for other people like yourself to feel seen, heard, and understood. Everything can change when you identify your pain as it did for Fleur. Uh, I understood clearly that that's, that's, that's where I thrive. Um, you know, learning from different people, different cultures, um, you know, creating projects together, uh, learning from each other, um, you know, creating things based on different perceptions. It's just something, it's, to me, that's, it makes me feel alive. And, and, and that's what I was able to do uh, during my master's. And then that's, that's how I knew first that I'm actually more comfortable as a foreigner in a country than as a, as a local. Uh, local meaning with the the citizenship because I do not really belong anywhere. I do not belong in Belgium. I do not really belong in Senegal. I do not belong in Benin. I definitely don't belong in Cambodia. Um, So I knew, okay, it's fine. I I need to live in a different country uh, and I need to be in an international environment. Now, just because you find out who you are, just because you figure out what your identity is, it doesn't mean that you don't constantly have this crisis going on. You don't constantly have this confusion. And confusion is probably going to be there for many people throughout their lives. But acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. Don't push it away. The, the reason I said it's an ongoing crisis is because it's the, 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 the questions are constantly in your mind. And you are constantly looking for answers because the answers are nowhere to be found. You know, you can ask your parents, but they don't have the same experience as you do. Like my mom is mixed, her mom is mixed, but they do not have the European part, which is, which is a completely different thing, you know, because growing up in, in, in West Africa, especially having a dad who works in the development sector, you have all these relations, um, all these little things that you see and that are actually a result of, of colonialism, you know. Uh, this is something also that was very, very present throughout my childhood. I, I could see the, 
the um, how do you say it in, in English? The inequality, you know. Um, it was very clear. I could see how my parents struggled, you know, in this in this environment. How my mom struggled when we went to Belgium, um, and in her, in her in her case, being you know African African Asian, um, it was a bit different. Um, because, well, it's, I think it's mostly for my, my grandmother that was maybe more similar to my experience because she, she was born, uh, in Vietnam during the Indochina war and she was born French because her, her dad, um, Senegalese was, uh, fighting for the French army. Um, so again, you were born <laughs> in Vietnam you're mixed. You're not supposed to be born because mm, it's not, it wasn't really accepted. Uh, you speak Asian languages and French. You're French. Uh, you're also Senegalese, but you don't really know that culture. All of a sudden, uh, well, when she turned 13, they left. So she arrived in this new country. She's supposed to belong to this country, but well, she doesn't know anything. And then she got married to um, to someone from the Beninese army, and then she moved to to her to her um, her husband's country, and uh, she was considered the the white wife <laughs> because she was a uh, light skin, I guess. Um, and then she had my she had uh, my mom and her siblings, and then you add uh, my dad, you know, with the European. Uh, <laughs> the European side and all the complexities that it brings, you know, this mix of cultures, this the, the, the context you're in that is, you know, a European coming to help uh, uh, to develop projects to improve the lives of, 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 of people in Africa. And you're in the middle of it as a mixed person. Yeah, it's, it's complex, but um, it... Yeah, it's it's you 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 ask the question um, how did I live it like it's I'm still understanding my experience you know I'm still in in the process of understanding what I went through as a child and 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 now the decisions that inform yeah how my decisions are informed by my 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 childhood and my my past experiences how past experiences and childhood can influence you today. This wraps up the first part of our narrative series. In the next episode, you're going to hear how Fleur uses what she does essentially to solve today's problems. And we're going to talk about the bigger picture of things that affect our world today. You know, things like microaggressions, things like um, inequality, uh, fear, and understanding how to live in nuance. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Until next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Even 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 